0: You, Nothing in this world
1: could ever stand up against the gift of You in our life. And Lord, I just pray that, God, every moment we just get to spend a moment and sing glory to You to take all focus off a of self and put all focus on You. That Lord, we never, ever neglect these moments to have time to, during free worship, just enlarge our worship, God, enlarge the way we think of worship. Lord, let us, let us do what Your Word says. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Father, I just pray that as Your Spirit moves week after week, Lord, You're downloading something fresh within us as a congregation. When we're driving in our cars to work and we've got music on, that Lord, You're, You're proclaiming things in our heart, that, that we're worshipping You, putting You first and ourselves last, others before us even. Lord, I just pray that you were honoured by that song. That you know how much we love you and how much we love to worship you and put you first. So Father, just be with us today. In Jesus' name, I just pray for this Word. Let it let it just flow with your goodness, God, as we, we learn about the Lent season. But God, I just pray right now, in Jesus' name, you touch every heart in this place. Everyone who's listening on podcast, in Jesus' name, we're all set. Amen, amen. Can we give the band a hand? Justin did an amazing job leading today and the team. It was so good. It was amazing. At one stage this morning, you're going to laugh. Um, I actually looked up at Austin and he had a hand up and he had a ring on his finger. And I'm thinking, how come he's got that ring on his finger? That was weird. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I've had a very long year already. Trust me. <laughs> but anyway, I'm still getting used to that thing on his finger. But it's an amazing thing for both Olivia and Austin to be married. But yeah, for a minute, I'm like, what's what's he doing wearing a ring? Anyway, but while I'm being weird, anyone lost an earring? Did you lose one, Andrew? You did. So it's a little earring. Got a little back on it with a couple of little diamantes. Might have been someone at. Oh, you come here, Jamie. Give her a hand. She's won the prize. You've won the car. No, I'm only kidding you. Come on down. Anyway, forget it. There you go. Just keep that in the message, Andrew. That's fine. Anyway, moving right along. So I'm going to get the guys just to put up a slide today. I want to talk to you this morning about why Lent? Why Lent? And it's something that sort of stirs me because, you know, Lent is usually observed in the Catholic, the Lutheran, the Mavarian, the Anglican, the United Protestant and Orthodox Christian traditions, among others. They believe the Lent season is a season of testing our spiritual health and readiness for the end of our life in this world or the second coming of Christ. And look, you're going to get where I'm coming from here, but I want to talk to you about this this morning because it, it has really been stirring me. And because I asked you to do the Lent Devotion, the plan i wanted to talk to you more about it so as pentecostals that's who you and i am you're sitting in a charismatic church we're also known as a reformed church but we we have the incredible opportunity that when there was the holy spirit when god breathed on the earth the holy spirit was breaking out in azusa street the welsh revival we come out of the welsh revival so Used to be known, not the new apostolic church. That is not us. We don't believe in what they believe in. We're we're Bible fearing Christians. The Apostolic Church. Australia was birthed out of the Apostolic Church that was being birthed everywhere where a Pentecostal revival was happening in the Welsh revival. Literally, people when this, when God was moving on the people there, literally people in the street. Let's say, let's talk about Highley Street. Literally, right, people in the street in Highley Street, they didn't know Jesus, but they couldn't help but get on their knees and start worshiping. That's how powerful the move of God was in the Welsh revival. It also happened in Azusa Street. There was other revivals ber- uh, breaking out everywhere, but this is. This this is the revival we come out of. So when I talk about us being Pentecostal, if you sit here today in this church, God is breathing upon you as enlisted army, as the army of God to carry that same revivalist spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? To walk with that same power, to understand that that we are what you would call Pentecostals, or charismatic Christians is another term that is used. But as Pentecostals, and some other denominations call us the Reformed Church. We do not actively participate in Lent, and I want to talk to you about this morning because we believe that Jesus fulfilled the religious system when He came. He didn't. He didn't take the law away, but He fulfilled it. And that religious system that was in place, we believe as Pentecostals, that 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 Jesus didn't walk around. With his incense and robes and things like that, Jesus came to build relationship, to love, to forgive, to heal, to have miracles birth out. So Jesus came to show us the new way, the new way. So as Pentecostals, we believe in the new way. We believe what Jesus did is now for us, but we don't we don't actively participate as those other denominations I've just mentioned in forty days before Holy Week of Easter. Okay. Because we believe that Jesus fulfilled that. And now as Pentecostals, we are in full relationship with Jesus. We don't have to go to someone in a robe to bless us and hand us communion and all those sorts of things and go and sit in a room and talk about and, and ask for forgiveness and you know all of those sorts of things. We don't believe in that because we can go straight to the king. You know what I mean? We go straight to the high priest. We don't have to. We can go into our own rooms and our own places with us and Jesus. And Jesus is there. So we don't we don't believe in that system that is still run, but that we're not picking on that. I'm not judging that. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just saying this is as Pentecostals. This is what we believe. So we are in now full relationship with Jesus. We don't need a man a go between between us and God because we can go straight to God. I mean, how that's what Jesus did. Jesus made it that way, and you and I have that access. So that's why we don't participate in the forty days. But anyway. So instead of doing Lent 40 days a year, I personally think we should participate in our whole earthly life with Lent principles throughout our yearly journey. Their principles are good, so I'm going to talk about them today, but we should be doing it every day. All year, not just for 40 days and then just go live a sinful life for the rest of the the time. We, We are called to live holy lives every day for the Lord as much as we can. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. That's why we ask God for forgiveness and repent and do all those sorts of things on a daily basis because we're not perfect. We're not meant to be. We're not Jesus. Okay? Because the thing is, when we do the things I'm going to talk to you about today, it will draw you closer to Jesus. And some of these principles that they believe in are really good. We also don't observe it because it has not been our doctrine or dogma or belief, though we don't condemn at all what they do. And at times we undertake a, let's say, a fasting time. We might do like as we head into certain things. We this this year again in August. I'm sure there may be 21 days of prayer and fasting across our movement. That is something that I participate in. That may not mean fasting from all of food, but, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But fasting and prayer for me is a must and a given for believers. We should be praying and fasting at some time. And if I, I encourage you, if you've never fasted. And you want to get closer. And even if you don't want to get closer, I really believe prayer and fasting go together. There's something you go deeper. When you when you deny yourself of the very thing that makes you feel good or that very thing that you love to do or that very food that tickles your fancy like chocolate, when you do that then and pray, you'll get closer to God. Because God honors someone who steps out in belief and fasts like that. In fact, if you if you want healing, if you want a breakthrough, if you want a situation to change, I encourage you pray and fast. Deny yourself something that that is you're passionate about. You know, computer games. You know, auto theft, whatever, theft auto thingamajig. Whatever. Whatever those things you guys all do now, you know? Anything that that draws you that that it you know, that makes you feel good don't do it and just pray instead. So don't eat that chocolate and go on a corner and pray instead. I encourage you, you lose kilos. Anyway, (laughs) it's not always easy to do. I'm not a big chocolate person, but my husband is. And literally every night of the week, I see some form of chocolate going in that mouth. I don't know how, anyway, I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm going to leave that right there. Okay. So we'll move on. Okay. So I encourage you to take on fast. But when we take on a fast, as we le- as we are led by the Spirit. So the truth is when Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, right? So if it's a flesh thing, you're going to fail. But if it's Spirit-led, you will succeed. You will succeed because the Spirit will lead you. He is our strength in those moments of weakness like he was to Jesus, right? So led by the Spirit to seek the face of God, okay? So the issue of Lent the, so the issue of Lent is a time of sober reflection it's not an issue but the whole idea of Lent is a time of sober reflection and penitence like it's that time of of really concentrating on our relationship with God our our what we can do in our lives to change to become more like God more like Jesus and to have him as Lord of our lives and not just Lord okay? So it's, it's, it is a good time to do that. But I encourage you, we can do that any time of the year. We don't need Easter. But anyway, I'll keep talking. Okay, so Reformed churches have historically not observed Ash Wednesday, which is the Wednesday before they go into Lent. That's when you might see people with ash on their heads. Anyone see any of that on social medias or I don't know, some of that stuff. There's a couple of the famous actors. They, they practice Ash Wednesday. Okay, so Ash Wednesday. So Reformed churches have historically not observed Ash Wednesday nor Lent in general due to the Reformed regulative principle of worship. So when we worship, we're getting closer to God like that all the time. It's a very, I mean, I love, you know, you can walk into a Catholic church, right? And a lot of them are Jesus speaking, Holy Holy Spirit can move. But there's a fellow down, Charles, I think he's in the city now, he's higher up. He was, when I was down the fraternal down there in McLaren Vale, he he used to talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit all the time. And so I did go into his church one, one Sunday evening or whenever he was holding a service, and I felt the presence of God. God is still there. He is still there. But he wants us to be in total relationship with him. He wants us to be able to. So in worship, what you just got to do a minute ago with that worship draws you close to him. Draws you close to him. It's not It's not some of the practices. It's your relationship with God, which is important. So this morning, I'd like to explain to you why other denominations, especially Catholicism, may call them mainstream churches. You can call them mainstream. Participate in Lent and explain how some of these practices can be fruitful in our day-to-day walk with Jesus because they can. So I'm going to talk to you about what they believe now, Okay. So Lent, this is what they believe. Lent is a season of 40 days, excluding Sundays. I don't know how that works, but it does. Maybe because it's a day of rest. I don't know. So 40 days, excluding Sundays, leading up to the Passion Week in Easter, which is what we call the Holy Week, you know, where the palms are laid down and Jesus walks in, and the week before his death, okay? So the church calendar, actually, Catherine, oh, she's not in here. She would have known. She's now working in a Catholic school. So and i worked at one as a chaplain so i know they do practice lent i just i just remember when lent finished what that got what those guys used to get up to but anyway so the church calendar starts in the season of ash wednesday as the start of what they call the lenten journey of 40 weekdays monday through saturday that takes the church to the eve of easter so ash wednesday that's the time when they put the ash on their, you know, the the priest does this, emphasizes a dual encounter. They confront our own morality and confess our sin before God. Well, they confess their sin. So what happens is they confront their own uh, mortality and confess their sin before God within the community of faith. So Lent begins with dust and ashes. And some churches impose ash marks on their forehead during a special service on the day. They start this time of intensive preparation for baptism or realigning their lives with the vows of the baptismal covenant, acknowledging their human limitations. They remember that they are dust and to dust they will return. Their efforts in this life will one day be reduced to ashes. And in the meantime, they have deeply ingrained habits marked by sin, stained by selfishness and helplessness in their own efforts to change them. They believe that Lent is about corporate penitence and facing their morality, leading into, well, leading in the call to repentance. And reconciliation, let me tell you, we do that every day with Jesus, right? So we repent and reconcile to God anytime, not just 40 days before Easter. They confess and turn away from their sinfulness through confession and pardon. So there's two actions. One, embracing their morality. So obviously humility. So they understand that they are mere mortals. And two, acknowledging and turning from their sin are the heart of their season. So they they believe that that is the heart of the season for them is is what we do on a daily basis which is embracing morality and acknowledging and turning from their sin okay repentance so the lent season is a season of testing their spiritual health and readiness for the end of their life in this world or the second coming of Christ Christ tests are interruptions they believe how many interruptions do we get every day anyway but they know they are necessary and it is necessary to be prepared to take action in the case of an emergency. That emergency may be hearing the trumpet sound. Oh, everyone knows Jesus is coming back, trumpet sounds. Do we know that? Everything's just going to stop, right? So that's that's a pretty big emergency. By then it's too late. Just want to let you know it's good to get yourself right with God before that moment. But yeah, anyway. While there is no signal an imminent return of the Lord, so they don't believe, anyway, for no one knows the day or the hour of his return, which is true, not the angels in heaven or the sun, but only the father. It does serve as an annual test of their emergency response systems as, as disciples of Jesus Christ. The annual call to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, by fasting, And self-denial by reading and meditating on God's holy word and by marking a right beginning of repentance by receiving a mark of their mortal nature is a reminder that they need to live as people who are prepared to stand before God, before our Lord at any time, even as early as this day. Now, they're good principles, okay? So I don't know about you, but I believe that time flies and life is just way too short. All our young kids are out the room, but any of us now that have gone past twenty one, you feel like you're just disintegrating. Like you're in an Avengers movie, you know what I mean? And it's like oh, I'm a back, oh, I'm a knee. Like the other day, I got down to pick something off the floor with Henry, and I literally had to roll over, get on my hands and knees to sit. I'm like, what the heck is going on with me? It's too short, mate. I mean, I used to be super fit. I used to play eight-grade netball. I used to drag him around running 13Ks three days times a week, take him swimming, you know, 70 laps. Oh, man, the poor guy, I'm even amazed he's still alive because this is what I used to do, but now I'm paying for it. My knees, my back, everything, and he's probably paying for it as well. But anyway, so many metaphors are used in literature to describe life's brevity. Like it's a dream. Whose life is a dream right now? Put your hand up. Oh, back of the line. It's a dream, a swift runner, a mist, a puff of smoke, a shadow, a gesture in the air, a sentence written in the sand, a bird flying in one window of a house and out the other. That's what our life's like. Another symbolic description of passing life was suggested by a friend of mine who said that in the short dash between the dates of birth and a death on the tombstones represents the brief span of one's life. Wow, that's encouraging, isn't it? Anyway, so when we were children, time loitered. It was so true. It's like Christmas took forever. Christmas is my favourite time of the year. When I was a kid, I felt like oh, I had like 10 years ahead of me before I get to go and open a present again with that excitement. Or my birthday, you know what I mean? I'm a present giver. I love receiving presents. So, yeah, it's one of my love languages. And so, yeah, but it loitered. But as we get closer to the end of our lives here, time moves with increasing swiftness. Who here would agree on that? Oh, so it remo- it, it. really does increase with swiftness. And and I would I would use this analogy. It's like water swirling down into the drain. Oh, that's pretty depressing, isn't it? Anyway, move along. It's so true. It's like all this water. It's like, where's it all gone? Anyway, so we'd say things like when we were little, I'm six and a half. You know, for it seemed so long to get older. It seemed like that whole year of turning to seven or that whole year of getting to high school or whatever, just took forever. It took forever. But now we have no time for such childishness. Who claims to be 50 and a half? (laughs) <laughs> good one, Helen. I clap for you right now. Give her a hand. That was that was good. Who else put their hand up? You're not fifty, Austin. Oh, man, you your life, mate. It's it's ahead of you. Trust me. It's good to ponder the brevity of life now and then. Life is too short to treat it carelessly. In Psalm ninety. After describing the shortness of life, Moses prayed this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, it's beautiful. And in 1 Peter 4, 2, to make the most of our earthly existence, we must lose ourselves in the will of God. You know, this we can do even when time is running out. It's never too late to give ourselves totally to God. Every moment is precious. We never know when our time on earth will come to an end. We never know. None of us know when when what about that, that beautiful girl that was at the uni? I think it was I can't remember I think it was in Adelaide. And she she went on a daily run and her parents live in China. And she decided she'd just take a short break. She texted her friend and she sat under a big tree. The tree fell down and killed her. Like that. We never know when, when, when that's it. It's time to go home. We never know. It's precious. And so we must do all that we can with our lives, with each second and minute and hour and day that our God grants us to live in a way that our Lord Saviour Jesus Christ has taught us to live. Not just 40 days before Lent. We need to get ready now. As Christians, our call is to seek to please not the people around us, but the God who made us. It's not about pleasing people. People pleasers are miserable people because they never find the identity of who Christ created them to be. Just be yourself. You don't have to be anyone else. Matthew tells us that the way to do this is to not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths. And rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's in Matthew six twenty-one to twenty-four. It's great verses, great verses to to read, just to fill your store bank up, your spiritual store bank up, and to know what how God sees us. As we begin this holy season together, because it is a holy season, it's an important season for us just as much as the birth. The death is very important to us. It's not the end because he ascended and he's coming. It's not the end of of what God's going to do, what what Jesus will do. But the truth is, it is a holy season. So let us not ignore the warning that is blaring by the emergency response system testing That is built into our whole idea of why we believe what we believe in. Let us instead take it as a call to action. Let us hear the invitation to observe a a holy Lent in italics. Every day is our marching orders in which we get up and do what we need to be to do prepared and ready for whatever will come for this day, for the next day, for every day, for the whole year should happen every day. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we march courageously and faithfully through this season side by side, shoulder to shoulder, as disciples, as as believers, as advocates, as ambassadors enlisted in God's army and trusting completely in the promises that we heard today. Thank you, Ruth, through her communion of God made known to us in Jesus Christ. There are no rules and regulations apart from love Jesus, love people, love the words, live a life that would make Jesus smile on you. You know, those who observe Lent as a practice try to be more disciplined for Lent and give up something they really like. So the list of things people decide to give up includes things like, that. now I know because I worked in a Catholic school, so I know what they give up, alcohol. So when that comes back into action and you're at a staff at a Friday night campus get up, it gets exciting. Anyway, alcohol, chocolate, meat, yeast. A lot of people give up yeast. Anything to do with yeast, So no. So that's where the hot cross bun comes from. That's why you know we have pancake Trove Tuesday because they used to, you know, back in the other the olden days. You know, they'll be saying it about my days in the future. They used to like empty their pantries of all the yeast. I've got hair in my mouth, all the yeast and everything else so that they they couldn't be tempted to have any sort of yeast. So they get rid of it all for that 40 days and they wouldn't have that. So back then, that was it. So even alcohol, trust me, they had wine back then. So alcohol, chocolate, meat, yeast, many other things they would fast from. So fasting has always been an important tradition of Lent. It is part of Lent, okay? So however, let us consider other things that may be given up day by day. And I want to give you, here is a list of things we can give up with biblical references and the guys don't have them today. So you're going to have to listen extra hard. And if you're writing down, write them down with the list of biblical references supporting them. So here's a list of other things we can give up other than the things I've just mentioned, chocolate, alcohol, blah, 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 yeast, whatever. Okay. Giving up, complaining and focus on gratitude. Philippians 2, 14 to 15, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. This is not my words. These are God's. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Hang on. I'll read that again. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So to give thanks in all circumstances. Another thing we can give up is give up bitterness and turn to forgiveness. So give up bitterness and turn to forgiveness. So Ephesians 4.31 tells us, I'll read that again. Give up bitterness and turn to forgiveness. Okay. Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling. And see, hear that, boys? No more brawling. Brawling. And slander along with every other form of malice. Okay, and then in Ephesians 4:32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So, another thing you can give up: give up worry and trust in God. Oh, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Matthew 6:25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, who by worrying can add a single hour to his or her life. Worry is bad. It gives you ulcers. Who needs to worry? You know, it's just a bad thing to do. Don't worry. Give it up. Give it up. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Trust in God. Trust him. Another thing we can give up. Give up discouragement and be full of hope. Deuteronomy 31, 8. The Lord himself goes before you and you will be... And will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Isaiah 40, 31. It should be one of our favorite verses. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on eagle's wings. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So give up discouragement and be full of hope. That eternal hope that lives within you and me. Another one, give up hatred and return good for evil. 1 John two nine. anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoa. Luke 6.27, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Matthew 5.22, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. This is all God's words. Proverbs 15.18, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. That's what we should have been doing our whole lives, love. Anyway. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Give up gossiping and controlling your tongue. Hello. Here we go. Okay. Psalm 34:13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Oh. Proverbs twenty one twenty three. he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. They are all God's words. And those things we can give up on a day-to-day basis too, not just during a time of Lent. So for those who observe it, Lent is often about what they are going to give up. Yes, we can give up so many things. Lollies, coffee, chocolate, meat, all the stuff I've talked about are good while we fast and pray. At the same time, we need to examine ourselves to clean up our lives of the evils that lurk around us, that torment us, that oppress us. And while we're doing this, we need to be fasting and praying. Evils like injustice, complaining, condemning, convicting, and many others like pride and greed, and and that is the enemy, that is the roaring lion that walks around us all the time, firing those fiery arrows into our minds. And that's why the word tells us to put your helmet of salvation on, put your breastplate of righteousness to deflect those arrows to protect your heart. So those who practice Lent, they believe is not just about personal cleanup only, but also about giving something to someone In Isaiah 58, 1 to 10, it tells us that. So they believe that God says to the people, the Lent and fasting that I'm pleased is to loose the bond of injustice, to undo the bond of slavery, to free the people from various bondages, to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless into your home and to clothe those who are naked. Our faith is that we should be doing this on a daily basis and not just those 40 days up to Lent. This is the whole point of us knowing Jesus and following him and knowing who he is. So to finish up, Easter allows us to look beyond ourselves every day, not just Easter. We talk about it all the time, but every day to look beyond ourselves and to identify with others and reach out to those who we need. What, exactly what we do. We are a missional church with a missional love for other people. And I love that about Arise. The Easter season is a time for focusing on life in the risen Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. During this season, we learn or learn more deeply what it means to die to self and chiefly live by God's most holy word. To die to self on a daily basis. Note Lent in italics. For us is a daily lifestyle full of Christ-like habits, principles, and especially a deeper and, and personal, more personal relationship with Him. We should be living holy lives for Him every day of the year, every year, not just practicing them for 40 days a year. The principle behind Lent is incredible. But Jesus came and showed he lived that every day. He was on earth for that three, uh, for the for the thirty-three years he lived on earth, and the three years of that ministry he was released into, he lived that every day of his life. And yes, remember, while he was walking this earth, he would have practiced a lot of the principles, because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet hadn't resurrected and hadn't ascended. We didn't have the the rest of the New Testament. We didn't have the New Testament, okay? But the truth is, Jesus is saying to us, practice those things every day in your life. Focus on those things every day and be more like Him. To pick up our cross daily, even if sometimes we feel like we're on our knees, dragging this lump of wood behind us. You know, what I love about the Christian faith is that true family in Christ and brothers and sisters see you struggling and they'll come. and They'll put an arm under your arm and they'll help you lift that cross up and they'll walk with you and so will Jesus. So as we come into Easter, we are thankful for Messiah who gave himself as a living sacrifice, perfect spotless lamb of God, perfect in every way, to become more like Him. To you and me, broken people, broken vessels, it tells us. But like that beautiful kinsingi, that that Japanese art where they just fill up things, they crack them, like pots that are cracked, they used to fill them up with this beautiful filigree gold. It's what Jesus does with us. We are his masterpiece, his workmanship, and he is well-pleased. Please stand today as we pray. Why don't we just shut our eyes and let's not concentrate who's beside us, near us. Let's just pray this morning. Lord, I I just want to thank you, Jesus, first of all, what you did for us, that 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 whole religious system that you came and you shook it up. You, you called the Pharisees and Sadducees whitewashed tombs and vipers. Father, you, you just, Jesus, you just, you were God wrapped in flesh that walked amongst us and with us and taught us how to live a life worthy of the call. That... that you know, Lord, that we never take that for granted. That as we come into Easter, that we do take time every day for self-assessment. That we even pray and fast. But Lord, not only just for Easter, but for every day of our walk with you. That Lord, if we're praying for something, if we're believing for something, even if we just want to get closer to you, let us have a Lent in italics all through the year. So that we would know that because we deny self, we encourage you to be more within us and we hear you more and we have our spiritual antennas up more and we believe for you more and what you can do. And our faith grows. So today, Lord God, I pray that this Word has touched everyone who has heard it. That Lord, that some here may not even have known what Lent was and why it was even practised. But Lord, today, I just pray right now that Jesus, that you come into our lives, come into our hearts, where where we do deny ourselves of things at times that mean the most to us so that we can get closer to you. So we can pray, so we can fast, so we can draw a deeper spiritual relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So bless everyone here today, Lord God. Bless those who are listening on podcast, Father. And I just ask, Lord, that this word would stir us up, that it would help us to repent of those things we need to repent of, to reconcile with those things we need to reconcile with, to trust you, God. But most of all, be so appreciative of what you did for us, Lord God, on that cross and how you put yourself last and us first. So just bless everyone here today. I pray they have a great day great fellowship with family and friends. Lord, until we meet again, till prayer meeting Tuesday night, just bless them, God, I pray. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Uh, we'll just finish with a song this morning. Um, hang around for some fellowship and morning.